Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. The Canadian inflation numbers came out this week and they dropped for the second month in a row. And while we're typically wary to call two months a trend, the underlying economic data shows that this is definitely going to continue its downward focus. So on Tuesday, the numbers came out and inflation dropped 0.6% down to 7%. As mentioned, this is the second drop in a row and and now down from its high of 8.1% back in June. And unlike what we just saw happen in the States, that 0.6% drop actually beat the 0.3% expectations. So a little bit better off than expected. And the drop largely driven by gasoline prices. We saw that excluding gas, uh, CPI was still down uh, to 6.3%, down from 6.6% the month before. The problem here, though, is that grocery prices are still increasing. And this is getting to be no joke. Um, Grocery prices are up to 11.9% higher than they were last year. And not everybody drives, but everybody eats. So inflation clearly still being felt. We are far from being out of the water here. But again, nice to see the trend going down two months in a row. And we're going to get into some, some numbers here as well that say we firmly believe, like we believe last month, that downward trend in inflation is going to continue here. Quick look over at the wages here, average hourly wages as well. They're up 5.4% from last year. But again, those are in real negative territory, of course, when you're looking up at that 7% inflation rate. So... August CPI numbers continue to show encouraging signs that inflation is slowing, Um, not just by falling gas prices, but again, there's a softening in the rate of appreciation in core inflation, including transportation and shelter. Yes, as we know, housing prices are going down and that those numbers are starting to register here in our CPI overall. And a quick look over at bond yields. Well, they're trending upwards. And that means that the markets are expecting even further hikes by the Bank of Canada. Not too surprised. They've basically come out and said just that, that they are going to continue as their number one mandate is to tackle inflation and get it down to their 2 to 3% target. So we know uh, October 26th is the next day of that announcement, and that will come just after the next inflation print. So that uh, print will obviously have some influence on what the BOC does here. But again, that's kind of where we're sitting with the numbers as of Tuesday. And guys, just before I get into um, where we're going with with rate hikes and what the rest of the world is doing as well, um, let me be the first to welcome you guys back to our channel. Um, Obviously, I'm Ryan Dash, joined by business partner and co-host Dan Rattel. Uh, Wordle, Dan, sorry, I, I decide which one I'm going to say when I say it. <laughs> uh, but we run a real estate team out of Vancouver and we make educational YouTube uh, videos and podcasts for our clients and our online community. Um, 
to make sense of this very complicated real estate market we are in. Um, so we would love it if you gave us a big thumbs up, hit that subscribe, smash the bell, um, because it helps the algorithm and other awesome people like you learn from the content we produce each week. Um, Obviously, if you want to talk about your own personal situation, you can do that. Just simply reach out um, on either Dan's number or my number below, and we're happy to consult with you at any time. All right, Dan, so let's get back into it here. Uh, the next rate hike, where are we going? Is it 0.5? Is it 0.75? I mean, it's almost like these oversized rate hikes have become the norm now. Um, but we're starting to really see, um, I think, the first sort of uh, reaction from what would be the first rate hike that we saw this year. We're starting to see, uh, like you said in the intro here, core inflation starting to drop, uh, recede to some degree. Um, <clears throat> I do think down south we're likely going to see another oversized rate hike, mostly because their their inflation data, um, it only came down but but by a very small margin, right? Almost, almost a moot point in many ways. So I think uh, we'll, we'll continue to see an oversized rate hike in, in the U.S. However, I think up here in Canada, things um, with us beating the last inflation print that was expected, um, I think the, the Bank of Canada is now finding itself in a bit more of a precarious position than it was even just in the last six months. It was fairly easy for them to come off of such a low baseline and, and come up by 0.75. And, and as we saw, 100 basis points and then 0.75 again, um, which really brought up um, the cost of borrowing very quickly. But now as we get into um, beyond uh, the 3.25, uh, 3.5%, I think it gets far more difficult for the Bank of Canada um, because we're pushing beyond the realm of the stress tests and, and what the, the economy um, and the bandwidth it currently has. So, you know, uh, it's going to see, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I think another point that we really should um, make people aware of is that over the summertime, people, consumers, they spend. That's, that's the biggest time um, all year where we see spending habits. Um, you know, exceed that of what it would normally be in the course of a year. And that's because people are going away. They're camping, they're traveling, they're spending more on fuel. Um, they're having par parties, barbecues, people over. So the cost of food, everything goes up. However, as we start to batten down the hatches and winter is upon us, um, we'll certainly see those behaviors change. And, and I think that that's not just the case in the housing market. We're seeing it across a lot of different markets. And we'll speak to those anecdotal stories shortly. Um, Dan, why don't we talk a little bit about um, maybe the net worth of, uh, of, of housing uh, that's tumbled in the last little while? Well, sure. With prices going up across the board and the cost of borrowing going up across the board, people are naturally pulling back. It's essentially the wealth effect happening in reverse. People don't feel wealthy when they're seeing their homes worth being worth less. And of course, gas and food being so expensive, people are getting you know, into kind of a bit of a hibernation mode, naturally, a little self-preservation mode because they have to. Things are too expensive to be buying right now. So yes, Canadian households actually lost nearly a trillion dollars worth of net worth in the second quarter alone. 
nationally, a trillion dollars worth of essentially equity has been erased. And that is going to be felt, understandably. If you bought a home for a million dollars and you're looking at it now at 850, you're feeling less wealthy. If you look at that quarter between April and June, the value of residential real estate holdings held by households fell by almost half of that at $419 billion as well. And this is, you know, the largest quarterly decline on record. And I will just reference how many times that we came out on this podcast during 2020 and 2021 talking about records going the other way. The pendulum was swinging very fast going up. Now we're seeing it swing very fast going down and we're breaking records on the other side. So with all of this wealth and equity reducing to this effect, understandably, people are spending less. And yes, like Ryan said, it's also a different season. People felt good to go out this summer, the first real open summer post-pandemic. A lot of travel happened, and now people are saying, oh my goodness, everything is expensive. Let's hunker down here. A great example of this, and it's an extreme one, and basically another record, car sales, new car sales, were the lowest in 23 years last month. A perfect example of discretionary spending not taking place. And so when people are pulling back on things like cars, and I'm guaranteeing you other luxury items, your, your watches, your expensive gifts, etc., you're going to see inflation start to get under control when people aren't spending on these things. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't think it stops there too. I think we're going to see more months of of these kinds of headlines. Uh, I think it's just on, just starting to see now the effects of these interest rate hikes. Right. And I can even speak anecdotally, um, a good friend and client of ours who owns a business, uh, he's a tradesperson. Uh, we were speaking yesterday about how, you know, just six to eight months ago, a lot of trade companies were just trying to keep up with demand. So they were spending an inordinate amount of money on things like uh, work vehicles. And these work vehicles, they were spending, you know, in excess of 50% of what would have been the market rate for these things a year ago or a year and a half ago, only to now see them being repossessed by lending companies and being resold for far less now to much more savvy business owners who waited that out. So we're really starting to see some of that fluctuation uh, take place. And those who were patient and those who waited on the sidelines, they're starting to see some of these deals take place. And um, I don't think it's done because as we continue to search through the headlines and what the media is coming out with, everybody is now talking recession, 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 except for the Bank of Canada, <laughs> which I find uh, interesting when uh, we've got headlines from the World Bank who are saying um, there's actually fear of a global recession, not just a, a local localized recession. And while each local economy would definitely deal with their own recession um, in different ways and, and different time periods, what's really interesting is this situation hasn't happened in the five decades we've been recording data. Um, and that's because we've never really been in, an, uh, in a position where um, the G7 nations, all of the developed countries in the world and all of their central banks began raising rates all at the same time. So the synchronicity of these bank rates all raising at the same time is likely going to drive all the production and all of the growth into the ground around the world. 
So while we live in a very globalized economy, a very centralized one, um, I think the Bank of Canada, having been wrong many times before, is likely going to be wrong here again, especially when you see groups like RBC and TD and other major banks coming out and forecasting recessions for 2023, and yet the Bank of Canada still won't say that. I, I don't understand. So what is that going to look like then? If we do go into a recession here, well, let's look at some some data, and this comes from our friends of the South here. In America, you look at like the last 100 years of data from the states, and they've gone through about 11 recessions during that time. And, of course, these were all in varied lengths, but they averaged about 16 months to get back within the 2 to 3% inflationary target that they had. So are we going to see this repeat itself? If so, we're looking at about the end of 2023 for inflation to be under control, or at least to the point of the imaginary 2 to 3% range that was thought up to be <laughs> normal. Now, I find the cycles to be tightening. Across the board, we're seeing house prices and the cycles that they go through tightening ever since, you know, 08, and then, of course, uh, 12, 19, 20, and then here we are now dipping. So what am I saying? I think 16 months, I think we're going to see it, at least here in Canada, hit that 2 to 3% target in less than 16 months. Maybe it's 10 or so. Again, we're seeing drastic movements here right now that are still to be felt, like Ryan touched on, the rate hikes that were started back in March are only really being felt now. And so the ones that happened in the last couple of months have yet to take full effect. And we're seeing things grinding to a halt across the board. I mean, you just have to look at the real estate sales volumes, for example, you know, we're in here at the third uh, 20-ish year low in sales volume month. That's going to come out at the end of September here, you know, 2012, 2008 kind of numbers is about what we can expect for sales volumes now. And then here you go. If you have 23 year low in car sales volumes, same thing. These are not small numbers. When we're talking 2023 year, um, excuse me, kind of heights, or, or we haven't seen these type of numbers in double decades here, it really goes to show how extreme it is. And so because it's so extreme, I think we are going to see two to 3% in less than 16 months, closer to 10. If I had to put my hat in the ring today. Yeah. Interesting because I, you know, when we look at, um, I certainly think fuel prices will continue to drop uh, to a point, uh, which is going to be interesting because I was speaking to clients of ours who were just actually this last week, spent a month in England over the summertime and their energy costs, Dan, if you can believe it. I mean, I know we've read headlines about it. On average, they were spending between 50 and 60 pounds, British pounds a month on their natural gas. Those same prices now are in excess of a thousand pounds a month. So how that affects the global economy and how that affects uh, Canada, who's a nation of exporting resources, could be actually uh, better for us in places like uh, Alberta, for example, who, uh, you know, as long as we can get the natural gas out um, and to our partners, it could be good for the economy. Um, we'll see, right? So Certainly aren't going out buying cars if you're just trying to keep the heat on. That's, that's just it. So the discretionary spending is gone. Um, I think we'll continue to see some inflated prices in uh, groceries and, and food because we cannot stop buying it. Um, where we will likely see 
some price reduction is is in the fuel cost of delivering the food so maybe in time we'll start to see those numbers come down but i do think a lot of fuel price or sorry a lot of um food prices will remain elevated throughout this time period i just don't see them coming down right now uh especially with yeah i mean people are every other realm in their life has gone up tremendously so people are going to be spending their money on the things they need to spend it on not the things they want to spend it on makes sense and then of course the big question let's wrap up on this what is this going to do to house prices nationally we're already down 12 percent, and that's been the reaction largely of probably the first two or three rate hikes not the two that came after that and maybe the one that's coming after that here in october Right now, again, hard to, to look out 10, 16 months, but I'm going to see at least another 8% coming off of the national prices, dropping it maybe 20% HPI off mm-hmm. of the peaks. Mm-hmm. I will say Vancouver is going to react differently. I don't think we're going to see 20% here. I really don't. Uh, interestingly, numbers in for September, yes, we're three weeks into September. It's not all flushed out yet, but the last three months here in GVRD are actually very stable. Now, Lots of things can happen between now and 10 to 16 months from now, though we are seeing, once again, GVRD acting very differently than the national averages, as it almost completely historically has. And just in time, Dan, for the new year, we are going to get the cooling off period, which um, the timing is perfect for. (laughs) And uh, we're also going to get, um, before that, uh, a foreign buyer ban across the whole nation to further cool down the market that's already cold. You know, interesting to see the government trying to pull levers here that really don't do anything. Um, I just don't see any of these things having a a material impact on on housing at this point here. Right, of course. Yeah, the cooling off period came two years too late. And the interesting thing about the foreign buyer ban, again, we know that's just lip service as there's been less than 1% of sales over the last two years were foreign buyers. So the reason we wanted to bring this up is, uh, personally, I've had three potential clients come to me in the last couple months here looking to buy in, in Canada and in BC that were foreigners and non-PR, not non-permanent residents. They had no idea this foreign ban was coming. And sure, that's only three people, though I feel that that word has not been spread very well outside of Canada. There's a lot of Canadians that aren't aware of the foreign buyer ban. So we may see some interesting headlines come January 1st, January 2nd, when maybe people are vacationing in Whistler and fall in love with it. And guess what? You can't buy there. It's, it, may, it may surprise a lot of people. So again, mm-hmm. it's not going to affect housing prices, but it might have uh, some interesting recourse on the way people look at Canadians and, and blocking out foreign ownership. Probably a good place to wrap it up there, Dan. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks as always for watching and listening and, uh, you know, careful out there. Food's expensive. Gas is expensive, though. We truly believe that uh, it is trending in the right direction and things will be under control within uh, less than a year. Thanks. Have a great day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.